Welcome to Stock Gamblers. I'm George Howell. And I'm Chris Carbonara. And uh, right now, before we jump into everything, we'll, uh, we'll introduce ourselves. Uh, Chris, tell me about yourself. Uh, what, what do you do? Uh, what, what's your background? Well, I have absolutely no background in financials. So um, I am a school counselor in the Philadelphia area, Delaware County area, uh, primarily working in uh, disruptive youth. Prior to that, I worked in television production. And like I said, I have absolutely no backings in finances. Of course, we, we wouldn't be gambling if we knew what we were talking about. Um, what, um, what do you, what's your investment strategy typically? I mean, it's typically long-term. Um, I don't believe in the whole get in, get out quick thing, kind of a thing, quick money type thing. Having said that, I should have gotten out when um, Shopify was like 1200 a share, but I didn't. Uh, so I think long-term would be my best. Um, plus, I like to invest in things that I like, companies that I use, that type of thing. I, I follow a similar moronic strategy. I, I hold everything <laughs> until it drives straight into the ground. Yeah, yeah, until there's nothing left but ashes. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah. All right, sounds good. So do I get to ask you questions now? Yeah, yeah. Is that how this, is that how this works? Is that how we're going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think your investment strategy is? Uh, my investment strategy normally is to hold everything forever, and I usually invest in things that I like. So uh, I'm... I would be like the perfect person who would fall into a Wall Street's bet bets category of just buying everything that I like to the moon, uh, except for the fact that I don't have any money, and um, and I usually don't short or put, so uh, that tends to take a lot of the extreme high risk out of everything. But uh, everything that I buy usually usually ends up smoldering. Um, Except for high dividend stocks that I I have been uh, tracking and and those are uh, starting to do pretty well. Is there a particular one that you really like? Uh, ones I really like are uh, Horizon. Um, that one I, I Horizon Technologies I believe that is that pays pretty well, and Hugoton um, Royalty Trust that one. Uh, it it performs really well when it is paying good dividends. When dividends dry up, that stock tanks. Yeah, actually, I have I actually have both of those stocks on your recommendations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, only only two so, I really recommend. But so I got a bone to pick with you on it. <laughs> uh, and then for me, for my background, I uh, I work in construction. And I also have a former background of uh, podcasting and video production where I, I met you. Is that true? You once worked at Harris? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> moving along, not as an employee. Uh, we'll get into some stock news. Carbo, you want to you wanna take it off? Sure. Sure. The Dow had 13 straight days of gains, actually, the best since 1987. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell suggested the goal of a 2% annual inflation hike won't be reached until 2025. A July interest rate hike 
Of about a quarter of a percent took place at the end of July. The feds have stated that they no longer see a recession coming by the end of the year. All right. Back to what, you, George. And what uh what is what do you take away from this? What what are your concerns about what's going on here? I mean, obviously the market is on a bit of a run and uh we're still not getting an answer from the feds about inflation at all. So do you how do you think this is going to affect the market? or at least what you're looking to invest in? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because with the, um, it's almost like they're saying there's not going to be inflation. Inflation is becoming, um, or I'm sorry, recession is, is, is uh, coming off the table, so to speak. But yet right, they're not after, acting. After three years of don't do anything, it's we're coming. Gonna, everything's right. going to drop like a rock. Right, exactly, exactly. But, are these hikes going to do anything? I mean, I mean, it's definitely going to affect the housing market. It's, but when you, uh, it's but when you pull gonna... inflation, but when you pull inflation, don't you bring the wages down too? Uh, that that's not what we've been seeing. I mean, wages have done nothing but gone up right. since the beginning of COVID. Right, like but the, we haven't had, but we're really just starting with these rate hikes. I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of the first year that they're really pushing the rate hikes, and uh, it, it it's such a gambling time right now to not to or to kind of play into the the title of our uh, of our podcast. I mean, the, this is really the, the time to gamble on stock because no financial expert has any idea what's going on. We we've just gone through three years of everyone terrified about recession coming we've gone through uh you know the first like year year and a half after all the free money dried up everyone keeps warning us that consumer spending is going to be stopping but uh, there's no there's no uh sight of that anywhere near i mean everyone everyone it, it's going the opposite way where where people are loading up their credit cards now so uh, i don't know anyone that can predict this market it's like bizarro world it's like the opposite of everything is happening <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah that my takeaway oh. is uh now recession seems to be off of the table and uh and no one still knows what's going on i think that's a safe uh, safe bet nobody knows what's going on nobody knows what they're doing all right all right <laughs> Continuing on in the news, uh, the U.S. Treasury Department released a $1 trillion borrowing estimate for the third quarter, raising concerns about foreign and domestic buyers' ability to sustain demand for government debt. The large ongoing auctions in coming months might lead to reduced demand, higher Treasury yields, and potentially decreased liquidity in government debt market. Analysts expect a changing, a, a challenging period ahead as the government's fiscal deficit outlook worsens and the market faces increasing pressure to follow. And uh, that, that's kind of disturbing when you think about it. Uh, $1 trillion in government borrowing for the third quarter. That's the highest ever on record. Yeah, yeah, we just went through the whole thing about debt ceiling and and the whole fight for that as to get that extended, which I didn't know when it came across, but the the 
when they approved the debt ceiling this past time, that approves all all debt up until 2025. Really? So whatever Congress votes on pretty much automatically gets passed without any any later uh, fight over the money that is being borrowed until 2025. idea that that's what that that's what happened yeah yeah not many people do that that's a crazy fact that really changes the way you look at what is going on in the government but they, but they imply that they imply that the debt ceiling is for past debt right like you know we have to right. make good on, on the money we spent you know we have to make good on what we did but you're saying that it actually affects it's like a blank check through 2025 under the under the last bill, yeah, because both parties went whoa whoa whoa. We don't we don't want to get involved in any anything to do with the upcoming election. Uh, we don't want the we don't want this to be an issue at all. So let's uh, let's fight over all the stupid crap that we want and load it up full of pork, and then uh, everything everything that gets passed by Congress automatically uh, we don't have to worry about the debt ceiling until twenty twenty five. So I, I really pity whoever I pity whoever gets elected. Not that we'll have a good choice either way, but uh yeah, that uh, how that is going to affect the market in twenty twenty five, I have no idea. We'll be dead by then, so <laughs> <laughs> All right. So talk a little bit about what we're gonna try to do with this show. Uh we're gonna give you a little bit of news and then we're gonna give you a bunch of different picks of different variety uh we'll tell you picks that we like just based on gut feeling uh but as we've stated before uh we are idiots who gamble on the stock market we are not providing financial advice and you would be a fool if you listened to us because there is a a lot of inherent risk involved in what we're doing Oh, absolutely. I would have said probably do the opposite of what we say if, if you want to, um, you know, have a clear conscience and, and think you're doing better. Uh, through then... <laughs> Historically, through my investments, that would be a good recommendation is do the opposite of what I tell you. But that, again, is also not advice. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's a lot of reasons why that could totally backfire, too. But yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe I had a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're good for one a year. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Right. If you if you listen a year straight, you might you might uh, hear a good pick once. You know, I still can't figure out. I know I'm going off on a tangent right now, but it's just I got to get this off my chest. I still can't figure out why marijuana stocks are so low. I can't figure that out either because that was something that you and I, because obviously we're we're friends and we've talked for a while but uh yeah all throughout covid you and i invested on marijuana thinking marijuana is going to become legalized right um once it becomes legalized the only way place that that could go is up people are going to buy buy the crap out of weed the same way they do out of alcohol exactly and everything dropped like a rock and i i don't know i don't know if wall street bets was pumping it up the entire time and then they ran out of money with, with gamestop because really that 
that seems to be about the time that marijuana stocks dropped off a cliff was shortly after that. So Mm -hmm. that that's my assumption, but there is no metrics behind that analysis in any way at all. I can't figure it out. I got rid of most of mine. I think I still have Columbia. That might be the only one I still have. Um, I got rid of, um, I'm drawing a blank right now. (laughs) I'm going, um, the hot one that everybody was buying a couple years ago. Anyway, I got rid of that. Uh, I got rid of Tilroy. I think I had Tilroy. I got rid of that one. And there's a few other ones. I got okay. Rid of. That was a yeah. Canadian one. Yeah. Yeah. But they were all like yeah. in the, in this, in the sense, they were all like 30, 40 cents a share. Once, once, uh, canopy, uh, when canopy became legal or when, when marijuana became legal in Canada, canopy was uh, a big one uh and they were like 50 some dollars a share so of course i bought one or two shares and it, it is now worth like four dollars or something like that like it, it fell off a cliff yeah yeah i think the last one i looked at was around 32 cents i think that I, had. <laughs> I might cash yeah. it in and you know go buy myself a snickers bar yeah I bought a bunch of a uh, bunch of those stocks that have uh left me in the red <laughs> all right so uh one thing that we're going to be doing with this podcast is uh, this podcast is going to be sponsored or or uh, supported mostly by our listeners so if you would like to uh, help us out you can go to patreon.com slash stock gamblers and there will be a link in the show notes for that and all the funding for that will go to the show and to make this show better. So if you would really like to help us out, then uh, we could invest in the equipment that we need to and some of the other services we need to have a successful podcast. But uh, uh, one of, what we will be providing to our patrons is we will be providing exclusive content, and you will also get access to the virtual stock exchange game and competition that we will be running. So uh, anyone who invest as a patron at least at the i believe five dollar level will will have access to that game where you can uh challenge chris and i as to who can who can make the most fake money uh while we're while we're uh doing this show so look for that at patron.com slash stock gamblers just a little hint uh i'm already behind the game i'm already down on my stock picks (laughs) <laughs> well, this is all for the test account. We're going to reset everything when we when we start up. I know, I know. So, I know. yeah, well, you're you're exceptionally bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, bizarro world. Do the opposite of what Carbo does. That's the way it's going to be. <laughs> so uh, you have uh, some Motley Fool. You have Motley Fool picks. I do. Picks. I do. Well, first, I want to start off by uh, talking a little bit about Shopify. That's one of Motley Fool's big, big, big stocks. Uh, they continue to make gains, and it's hovering around 67 a share today. Now, keep in mind, just in January of uh, 2023, it opened the year at around 36.85. So obviously, it's gone up. But this isn't the $1,200 a share that we saw at the height of the pandemic. But Shopify still remains a strong long-term stock. And over at Motley Fool, these guys, um, some of their picks recently, they're hot for Enphase Energy. The stock code for that is ENPH. They're hot for Chewy. Truist Financial, and even MasterCard. Now, if you're looking for a value stock to get into right away out of all these choices, 
Chewy and MasterCard are probably the uh, best bets for that because they're only around 35 a share. So they're both currently trading actually under 34 a share. So they could be beneficial if your trading platform only purchases in shares. Like I use Robinhood and you can buy any amount, but some of the platforms you can only buy X amount of shares. So some of the cheaper ones that are recommended by the Motley Fools again are MasterCard and Chewy. Now, since they recommended them, I've been putting a little money aside in all four of these. And I can tell you right now that um, Truist has been the best one with a return of about 5.43%. While all the other ones, MasterCard was okay at 1.52%. But, Enphase Energy, Chewy, both down negative 9.38 and Chewy is down at negative 93 uh, 9.46. So really just two out of their four picks are doing okay. So they're at about a 50% right now. Back to you, George. <laughs> so you know from talking to me that I hate Motley Fool. And yes. the last time and I, I had... And I like them. <laughs> you do. The last time I had a subscription to Motley Fool, I forfeited it uh, because it wouldn't refund my money and still quit the Motley Fool because I have lost so much money off of them. I think they have absolutely terrible advice. And the last time we took advice from them, you and I were going through their top 10 picks <laughs> and we were each putting in a dollar a week for each one of their picks. Right. And mm -hmm. all of their picks they recommended at the height of the stock. Like through the pandemic, they recommended Zoom, that you buy stock oh, yeah, in yeah. Zoom. When it was obvious that was at that was at the height, and I've lost like eighty uh, percent of the money I put in for that. They they recommended Apian, which I've lost seventy percent of the money I put in for that. They recommended Cloudflare, which I've lost fifty five percent. Fiverr, which I've lost eighty eight percent. Flugent Genetics, which I've lost sixty two percent. Lemonade, which I've lost 78%. I mean, the list goes on and on. Wait, they, they recommended Lemonade? I don't remember They That's, recommended wow. Lemonade, yeah. Wow. They recommended they also... Shopify, which I've yeah. lost a boatload of money on. See, I, I'm up six grand on that. I got in at the right time. Yeah, but you were you were in that at the beginning. They they kept on plugging right. that through like They're still long, plugging after, it. They're... long after they it plug... peaked. They plugged it last week. Yeah, like, <laughs> like Motley Fool to me is just like, okay... Uh, these things have made made some money, so just keep putting your money in and pump it up, so all the rest of us can make money off you and sell. Oh man, now you're depressing me. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying that's what they do. That's just my right, my takeaway from it because I've been beaten so bad by them. Hey man, once I put a couple hundred dollars into Hawaiian Airs and it tanked by about ninety five percent, then I was like, <laughs> okay, Hawaiian Airs, not a good idea. <laughs> But I mean, I think there's always going to be a, there's always going to be one or two gems in there, but um, you got to filter through a lot of crap to get to the gem, unfortunately. I agree, and I'm I'm talking a lot of trash, but I mean, <laughs> real realistically, it's like if you look at Jim Cramer, nobody knows what they're talking about. They're all rolling dice, right? Which is why we have just as great shot as anybody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we're entertaining. Listen to us. Listen to us. We. Uh, we can we can shit we can we can crap the bed just as quick as everyone else. Exactly. But we'll have you laughing the whole time. <laughs>
<laughs> so uh, I looked to Barron's for their picks. And uh, Barron's, Barron's has a couple recommendations that they put on their uh, their buy list. Author Jay Gallagher, AJC, AJG, is a successful insurance broker that has outperformed the market since its IPO in 1984. Despite the potential boredom associated with insurance, Gallagher has achieved impressive gains, and this trend is expected to continue. The company's stock is benefiting from higher interest rates and accelerating policy renewals, leading to projected record profits. Gallagher operates as an intermediary between issuers and clients, generating revenue through fee-based on-premiums, which, which have been rising with inflation. Its capital light model and acquisition strategy have continued to significant revenue and earning growth over the past decade. And their second recommendation is in John Malone's Liberty Media Empire, which is a conglomerate of a bunch of different companies. It can be complex and frustrating for investors, but recent moves to simplify structure might present an opportunity. Malone, known for controlling numerous publicly traded companies, has a strong track record in delivering returns for investors. However, some of his companies, such as Liberty Sirius XM, Liberty Broadband, and Liberty Global, have underperformed in the past four years compared to the S&P 500 index. With Malone's advancing age, there might be a greater impetus to sell or merge businesses which could benefit investors. While investing in Liberty companies might be challenging due to their intricate stock structures, some assets like Liberty, Sirius XM, and the Atlanta Braves show potential for upside. However, there are also riskier ventures like Curate Retail and Liberty TripAdvisor that might be best to avoid. Overall, for those willing to navigate the complexity, there are attractive opportunities in Malone's empire. And looking over this, I mean, I don't know if you saw how many different companies this guy has. It is, like, astounding. I used to work for him. Oh, did you really? Oh, yeah, with QVC. That <laughs> he was owned QVC, his, uh, right, yeah. That yeah. Was one of his companies. Which is actually my question to you. Curate Retail, isn't that part of QVC? Is that what QVC is under now? I, I have no idea. You would be the better expert than I, I, I would. I should know that. Right, yeah. But I know that they um, they did buy, they were merged with Home Shopping Network, which was, back in the day, it was like, you know, you these two were sworn enemies. So that was a They're big trying deal. Trying to slit but each other's back, throats, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But back that, then when John Malone took over, I think it, I think he was the one that took over right after Barry Diller, right after Diller sold out, sold his, his shares. Because then when Liberty took over, John Malone was, was top dog, right? He's the Liberty guy. I'm babbling yeah. right now. I'm, I'm starting to get hungry, so I'm starting to babble. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. I mean, it, it's it's huge. He's like, a, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words right now. So what I really don't understand, and there's probably someone who could write in, and if you do want to write in, stop uh, stockgamblershow at gmail.com. Uh, there's Liberty Sirius XM, which trades at, Thirty-one ninety-six a share, and there are Sirius XM Holdings (SIRI), which trades at four eighty-one a share. Like, how how are there two 
Sirius XM publicly traded companies, and and what do they what do they have? Please let us know. Yeah, and and SIRI. I mean, it's been at that price for I don't even know how many years. Yeah, I've never seen one with that much of a difference. Like even Comcast had a few different, you know, divisions of their stock, and they were all priced around the same. So right, I never saw that before. But yeah, this guy has like a Formula One, Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves? That's amazing. I know. I didn't even know that the Atlanta Braves are a publicly traded company. Uh, hmm. Liberty Broadband, Liberty Global, Curate Retail, Liberty Trip Advisor Holdings, Charter Communications, which is at $401 a share. And usually they have uh, strongholds on the, the markets that they're in way all those wow. cable companies work yeah so I, I thought it was interesting uh i'm not buying any of these but uh you know all right so go ahead i was gonna say i understand you have some exciting news about mattel i have a couple of picks uh my my picks for uh for the upcoming future is i uh I'm looking to go long with Uber. Um, Uber Technologies, Inc. posted a surprise positive earnings report for the second quarter uh, with a net income of $394 million compared to a loss of $2.6 billion the same period last year. That's a huge wow. swing. Wow. Uh, the, the company's first gap operating profit of $326 million was also achieved during this quarter. Analysts anticipate sustained profitability for Uber in the upcoming quarters, leading to excitement about potential inclusion in the S&P 500 index. However, the company's CFO, Nelson Chai, is set to leave the company effective January 5th, and Uber is looking for a replacement. I have had Uber stock since they IPO'd. Oh, yeah? And this might be the first time that I have been in the green for a little bit of time. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I think that this is finally the point where they're uh, they're starting to see a, a return uh, on all the money that the investors have put into it. I, I think that this is finally the breaking point where they become a profitable company for the long haul. What's it trading at now? Uh, I think it's around sixty. Oh, Let me look that up right now because. Uh, Is trading at forty six sixty five right now. You so right, saying you you've been in sorry you've only gotten in the green recently. Yeah, I I mean I had I've had Uber. I don't even know what the, my average price per share has been, but uh, since the IPO'd, which I want to say off the top of my head was probably around twenty seventeen or so, and. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've it it dropped as soon as I bought it, and uh, I've been buying, bought a couple shares here and there at lower price, but uh, yeah, it it has not uh, historically done very well. Wow. And That's then a surprise. For, yeah, and then for my second pick, which I'm also going long on, is Mattel. Uh, Barbie has been smashing the box office with over $350 million in U.S. sales and over 
780 million in worldwide attendance. I believe this is just the beginning for Mattel's recent clever use of their intellectual property. Barbie's had uh, previous shows, but I believe this is just the beginning in their emergence into a new era of Mattel based on uh, production content similar to the Hasbro's use of uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe. From from what I understand, the, the new Barbie movie is very smart and uh, a clever use of, of all their IP, and I, I think this is just the beginning. I think they're going to follow it up and, and look to expand on their other uh, properties. I I hear I think it, it's uh, Hot Wheels, maybe, that uh, they've got Vin Diesel to be signed on to, uh, along with some of their other properties. So I, I think Mattel's stock is going to go up, and I'm, I'm going long on that. That's a, that's a good pick. I'm, I'm really excited about that as well, too. Um, think about, as, as a parent, I've, I've had all those Barbie movies that my daughter used to watch. All yeah. these, and they were all digitally, you know, all purely digital, all, all computer animated movies. Horrible. There's probably about 50 or 60 of these movies, and they're terrible. But she loved them. Now they've made that jump where it is actually a good movie, uh, you know, top quality cast, top quality um, effects and everything like that. It's actually a real movie. It's not some throwaway DVD that they just so you could put on there and have your kid go in the other room for like an hour or two. This is actually entertainment. And it's it's like you said, it's going to be almost like uh, you said Transformers. I'm thinking like the superhero movies. I'm thinking Marvel. I'm thinking DC. It's just another, another avenue for Barbie to uh, make tons of money. <laughs> Another another conduit to infinite sequels. Yeah, exactly. Because we need that. Right, absolutely. My life would be dull <laughs> if I didn't have 15 Fast and Furious movies. Have you, uh, have you seen the Barbie movie yet? I have not seen the Barbie movie. I haven't, I haven't seen either. the movies at all. I haven't either because I won't go to a theater anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm just at that point in my life where I have to... I have to pee every 15 minutes, and uh, mm-hmm. and I, I'm half deaf, so I need to rewind just to understand what's going on. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I heard it was incredibly smart, and when, as soon as I heard that Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling were cast, I was like, that's perfect. There's a couple other really good... Um, who else is in that? There, there, was a, there was like one that was a real shocker, and I was like, what? I can't remember I, who it was. I couldn't even tell you, but I'm, I'm looking forward to being surprised when I when I do see the movie. I still want to see the the new Wes Anderson. Um, I like I'm like you. I don't I don't like to go to the movies anymore. But once they once they started doing the individual seats that you buy ahead of time, I started going back a little bit because it's, you know you can move around a little bit. You have some big, room in there. Big plush leather chair and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, that, you, that, you, that's the only way to go. I, I I do kind of appreciate it when I when I do that. I took uh, my dad to see Top Gun Maverick before he. He passed uh, okay. and, and saw it that way, and that was pretty awesome. But Good. I'm still miserable because I spend the entire day dehydrating myself so that I don't have to pee in that, that two-hour window. And I run for the bathroom during the during the trailers so that I make sure I, I, I'm good to go. And <laughs> then I sit there. The second I come back, going don't pee don't pee don't pee don't pee and then all i think about is peeing and then i have to go the whole time i'm just miserable at the movies i've psyched myself out you're like 20 years younger than me what are you doing oh i'm I'm just neurotic i that that's all it is i'm just neurotic 
but I do the same thing. Like after I pee at the thing, I'm like, this is the longest point that I can go now because I just emptied my bladder. Right. Now I don't have to worry. Then I'm like, it, I get it, back to my chair and I'm like, it's starting to fill up. It's starting to fill up. It's like getting on a plane. You go 15 times before you board the plane. And the second you sit down in the seat, it's like, ah, crap, I'm thinking about taking a pee. But it will be the end of this. <laughs> so anyway, uh, did did you hear that with Margot Robbie, all the all the stuff going around where everyone is like talking trash on her about how she's not that good looking and and shouldn't be playing Barbie? Now you're now you're messing with me. Uh, no, like, who, no, my my wife would told say that? me about that. My wife told me about that, and like, you know, I she told me and I. I I just blurted out like, but Margot Robbie's gorgeous, and then I I waited for like, oops, I waited for her to like smack the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, but I know your wife. Your wife would say yes, she is. <laughs> My wife did say yes, right. she is. Like like so, some people were saying that like she's a six at best, and it's like who are you? Who are these people? I have no idea. I have They're no idea. Haters. That, They're yeah, just haters. I, that was mind blowing to me because like. Yeah, okay. If if she's not your your uh cup of tea, I, I get it, but six at best? That's that's crazy. The only thing I didn't like her in was um the Carantino one. Which one was um, that? The Hollywood. You know, oh. DiCaprio and, and she played Sharon Stone. Not Sharon Stone, she played Sharon Tate. Yeah, I forgot that she was in that. Once upon a time in Hollywood. She was yeah. just like she kind of walked around with a simpleton look on her face the whole time, just like, yeah. But I mean, I like her in other. I like her in like everything else I've seen her in. She was great in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh my god, I mean, that, that's, that's my why favorite. we're doing this show, right? We all just want to be Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was the it was the appetizers. Yeah, yeah. I just want to do coke and quaaludes all day long while gambling on stock. Is that so wrong? $26,000 for appetizers? So. <laughs> and for the record, I've ne never done Coke or Quaaludes. Just that they, they always make it. that look like a fantastic lifestyle. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, your your sister, if I remember correctly, used to be in the stock exchange? Yes. My older sister was assistant vice president of the trading floor, I believe, or the options floor. I forget which one in the Philadelphia Stock Exchange in the 1980s. She actually lived through the uh, crash of 87. And um, I remember her telling me that she doesn't remember it. She she blacked <laughs> out. Down. Wow. Because she wasn't she had nothing to lose. She was an employee. You right. Know what I mean, like she wasn't a broker, but the chaos was it was all carnage. Totally. It was it was insane, she said. And I remember back in the 80s, I went to a few of her stock parties, and they were crazy, crazy events. <laughs> and uh, that that is part of the exclusive content we will try yes. and have. We will try and interview uh, Carbo's sister and have her tell us crazy stories about living in, the, uh, living in that time on the floor. Living in that time on the floor. All living right. Living in that time on the, on the <laughs> stock floor. Yeah. No, living living in the uh, that crazy time period, oh, but know. working in the stock exchange. I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like that day. I I can't either. I mean, I remember I was uh, living in the dorms at Penn State back then. I remember my roommate telling me that like his dad his dad had had business associates that were committing suicide. It was just so bad. You know? Wow. 
it's, it's nuts. I never want to have that much money that I'm that much upset. I'm that upset if I lose it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been broke for so many years of my life, and I've lost money. Right. Where I've I, I mean, one time when I was working with you in TV, I all I had to eat were pancakes for like an I entire remember. week. <laughs> you and know? scotch. Don't forget. Don't forget the scotch. Well, there's always scotch around, but pancakes and scotch. It sounds like a really bad album. But I, could, <laughs> but I couldn't even afford ramen noodles, and I've never wanted to kill myself because of it. Like that's just crazy to me. Exactly right. All right. So, what picks do you have? Well, my picks. I am going to go with um, the truest financial is the only one that I've 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 actually been making money on in the last couple of weeks. So that's my my number one pick is truest financial. I'm just trying to get the actual. Uh, oh yeah, it's truest financial. That's my pick, and then Mastercard is my other pick. My two picks. So you're Truist Financial and Mastercard. You're going all in on Motley Fool. Yes. You sir are a fool. <laughs> hey, I'm a self-proclaimed moron, and a my wife proclaims me a fool. So there you go. <laughs> well, I agree with your wife. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I uh you don't you don't think that maybe they're they're at the peak now and they're not going to be on the way down. You think they're going to sustain their their rise? Which one? Uh either one of those, Truist and and Mastercard. Cuz you said yeah. they that you've yeah. already made money on them. You think they're going to continue going yeah. up? Yeah. Okay. I believe it. I'm an optimist. So, just a quick analysis. Uh, what comes to mind for me on this one here is right now the big rumor going around is that Goldman Sachs is looking to get rid of the Apple card. And uh, they're, apparently they're losing money on their entire consumer end, uh, both on which like for their credit cards includes only Apple and GM. Um, based on that, and, and what I hear from that is they're looking to unload if approved, uh, the Apple card onto Amex. So do you think that that would have an effect on MasterCard if if they lose the Apple card? Oh, wow. I didn't know that was uh, even a thing. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even uh, know that, that was possible, but that, that's what they're trying to do. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's a good question. Um, I have to think about that one for a while. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like I said, I'm a moron. So <laughs> does it does it make you want to change your pick, or are you going to ride that? No, full I'm going to ride it faster? out. All right, ride it out. Like we said, it doesn't matter if you make the right decision or the wrong decision. Just make a decision. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So uh, any any stock picks that you have, or anything that you feel like you could add to the show. Email us at stockgamblersshow at gmail.com, and we will include all of the funniest or uh, or best uh, advice that we get in the show. Anything you so, have before? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was watching the pretty VU meters going up and down. Anyway, I kind of got distracted. One thing you have to learn about Carbo here is that I have really bad ADHD, and if... Um, 
if the conversation starts to go in one direction, you might see me just kind of go ooh, off in another direction. So anyway, back back to the show. Um, if you have any questions, email us. Let us know what you think about our first broadcast. We know it's not the perfect broadcast, but it is our first one, so we're trying to um, tweak it and make it our own thing and have a blast while we're doing it. So any feedback, any questions, feel free to reach out to us. All right, and these show, show notes are available at StockGamblers.net and email us at StockGamblersShow at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.